Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, it's Thursday. Uh, we are wrapping up our weekly discussions with experts and we always close it out strong. And that means we're bringing Matt Seamus back to the show. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right, Michael. How are you? I'm doing very well. First, shout out to your background. People uh, who have watched your previous shows will realize we're no longer looking at your bedroom or office wall. We've now got, I think, I believe that's the San Francisco skyline right behind you. I'm one of the uh, only people in the Bay Area that has taken out a lease on brand new Class A high-rise <laughs> office space, as you can see. So here I am. <laughs> oh, very well said. Very well said. That, that's nice. Uh, so, hey, one thing I thought we should talk about today as we wrap this up is, and this is really what I'm going to be thinking about heading into the weekend so I, I always like closing out with, with you because we can just talk about this stuff is, you know, when this first thing came around, you know, my <clears throat> initial operating thesis is this was going to be fast. It was going to be deep and dark, like something we've never seen before. But I expected us to come back to, you know, a new normal, you know, whatever that means, right around the holidays of 2020, right? So if we went down, yeah. pick a number, right? to 30% unemployment, I thought we would bounce off that and maybe be up to seven or 8% by the holidays. Given yeah. what I see going on nationally, some locations have stay at home orders, some don't. The ones that don't typically do after two weeks, i.e. New Orleans, i.e. Florida, i.e. Detroit. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand why we are not locking down the country. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bad move that's going to delay this thing. So with that information said, my new thesis is, damn, I don't see the recovery back to whatever that new normal is until the summer of 21. Because I just see this taking longer. And that just, I mean, I'm just changing my investing thesis, what I need to do. It's about survive and then thrive. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, I don't know if your thesis has changed at all or whatever, but uh, I'll shut up for a little bit and let you kind of digest that. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree with you that I initially, early on, I was, um, and this is actually a good learning for me personally, uh, actually, as I think through it. I was um, similarly kind of a little bit skeptical of the uh, economic possibilities that coronavirus might bring. Um, I didn't expect early on for, uh, you know, statewide shutdowns and um, I just didn't anticipate that. I didn't, I didn't see that very early on. Um, as weeks have gone by and, you know, you get new data in, um, you can make, you can update and improve your, like you said, your investment thesis and just your opinion of, of what's going on in the world. I've done the same thing. Um, I would say I am increasingly becoming more and more uh, uncertain of how long this is going to take to run its course. Um, 
and what the economic impacts are going to be. There are all sorts of second and third order effects that are, that are happening as a result of people being at home. Mm -hmm. And one interesting thing is we, you know, we're in, you and I are both in California in the Bay Area, which has in, in some ways been leading the effort to stay at home, certainly at least in, in terms of doing it first. Yes. Um, I think other, other, and I don't actually know what happened in, in Washington, but um, I mean, six mayors getting together in all six Bay Area counties covering 7 million people and basically banding together and saying, we're going to stay at home for three weeks. And then the other day, uh, extending that to May 1st, um, we are going through the, the shelter in place uh, process earlier than some of the other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> that gives us a little bit of possibly a little bit of visibility into what other parts of the country are going to experience a week or two from now. Yep. Um, so I, I think that's kind of an interesting thing that, that, that I'm looking at and it has implications for, for a lot of our commercial tenants in places like Alabama, for instance. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I, I would say like, it's important to, for me personally to acknowledge that I, I was, I wasn't as concerned as I probably should have been early on about coronavirus. Mm. And I think that's something I'll take with me from, from here on out is to be just a little bit more diligent about understanding uh, potential threats and taking them more seriously sooner. Um, and, and I'm not sure how or if that may have affected anything that we're doing. Uh, but I, I think it's something that I, I personally have seen as a little bit of a gap that I want to I want to um, fill and clean up, you know, mm -hmm. for the future. So, but yes, my same same kind of similar to you. My thinking has evolved. I'm taking this very very seriously, um, and we are in a very defensive posture with our properties. We're doing everything that we can to. Uh, bolster every single property that we have and to uh, put ourselves in even a, a more favorable position to ride this out for three or six more months or however long it's going to take. Uh, we have great properties and the last thing that we want to do is be in a position where you have a great property but you have to uh, give it back um, mm -hmm. because you weren't well capitalized or something like that. So we're doing everything that we can right now just to kind of play defense and take uh, abundant, uh, abundantly cautious steps. So that's, that's where my head is. And this is where a lot, 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 lot of my energy is, is devoted to day to day right now. So sort of playing that forward, you know, last week we talked about two deals. You had an escrow. We kind of brainstormed ways you could go back and maybe get better pricing or credits uh, are you still in escrow? Have you backed out? You're, you know, where do those kind of two stand at, given your new defensive posture? Yeah. Um, so one, the multifamily deal, we have an extension. Uh, we executed an extension on. Okay. So we have, uh, we have some time there and an extension really just buys us some, an opportunity to let more days and weeks play out. Right. and potentially gather more information. We also get a chance to see how April uh, rent payments are made and to what degree you have delinquencies, mm -hmm. which I think is going to be a really important piece of data. For sure. Uh, you also get a chance to see how the unemployment uh, benefit 
um, approval and kind of process is working for people. I have, I have some skepticism that it's going to be as quick as it normally is. I know that's the intention, but sure. they're just adding a lot of demand into the system. Oh, and yeah, I unheard of, right? Take some time. 10 million in, yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's 20 times the, the worst two yeah. weeks ever. So crazy. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's right. So we, we are, um, we have an extension on that property <clears throat> on our other property. We are closer to, uh, we're closer to running up against our earnest money, uh, go hard date. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have a decision to make. Um, and we are more, more than comfortable walking away from a deal if it doesn't make sense at the time you're meant to sign. Yeah, um, of course. That means that our pursuit costs are going to be sunk costs, yep. but you have to be disciplined enough to say, listen, it just, it just, the timing didn't work. We learned something that we didn't know about, uh, whatever the case may be, you have to be disciplined enough to walk away. And we certainly will. Um, in this case though, <clears throat> this transaction, we have an opportunity to uh, trade down the price a little bit, mm -hmm. um, which I think would, would be a, a very reasonable outcome. And it's a great deal. It's still a great deal. Like we, we don't, we, we still see the long-term uh, prospects of this deal being very, very favorable. Mm. And, you know, it's going to kick off this deal in particular is going to kick off close to 8% cash on cash in year one. And it'll increase from there. Um, you know, considering where else you can get a, a steady return like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for some people, it's actually a very, opportune moment to be placing some capital because it's uh you know it, it's in it's backed by high quality real estate and, and and has a steady cash flow stream that's the other thing i would just mention is we will opportunistically continue to look for acquisitions but with an emphasis on quality right. quality locations quality assets themselves and we're probably going to be uh, a, a little bit more apt to uh, potentially even overpay if we buy something, but know that we're buying extreme quality as opposed to reach and, and try to get something that is uh, of lesser quality that we don't, we don't have uh, firm, firm confidence in over the long term. That's interesting because one of the things that, you know, that I always watch is the lending market, right? And most people, most of the time, the lending market's kind of boring, right? It's because it's like, okay, it's rinse and repeat of last week. But in the commercial right. space, right. we have seen drastic changes in the last two to three weeks, all the way up and down the stack. Uh, and, and <clears throat> you know, having been here before, I can say with fairly good confidence, the only things that will get through the new underwriting requirements are going to be those class A properties yeah. or, or, you know, it, it, no more reach, right? You're, you know, the whole value add play is over uh, and it's probably over for some time. Um, you know, people that were, people that are in those deals or locked those up in the last six months, I'm sorry, your, your, your refi exit is, is not going to be nearly as lucrative as you thought or were planning for. Uh, but that said, the class A stuff, you know, I think that's where lenders are. I think that's where lenders are going to focus. So. Um, I think that's a good, good place to be. Yeah. And, and again, you know, for us, it's about a longer term mindset. So, um, you know, what happens over the next 12 months is certainly important, mm -hmm. but it's not the whole story. 
You know, it's not the whole picture. Right. So I That's think good having the, being able to kind of step back and say, listen, you know, is now, you know, think about this in terms of timing, quote unquote, timing the market. Right. Um, is, uh, is the real estate market now, this is un, an unfair question because the real estate market means nothing. It's, it's local and it's based on different kinds of assets mm -hmm. uh, and, and all those things that you know. But is the market at a bottom? No, probably not. Mm -hmm. uh, there's probably room for real estate to come down. There's going to be some motivated sellers. Uh, there's going to be tenants, businesses that are uh, killed. Mm -hmm. um, and there's going to be some shakeups, no question. Um, does that mean that you don't invest? It just depends on what your goals are, right? It depends on how, what your time horizon is and what your goals are. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we are very closely uh, monitoring as much news and information as we can to just continue to try and make the right decisions. And the one thing that we, you know, we, Dan and myself, my partner talk about constantly is, we don't need to buy anything. You know, yeah. Michael, that's the same situation you're in. Yes. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to transact. So we're not going to, unless there's a really, really compelling opportunity. And that means that if the deals that we have in contract need to be killed, they're going to be killed. Uh, but they, up to, to, at this moment, they're still in contract. Yeah, I think there's two things there I want to get into. One is being in a position where you don't need to transact is the ultimate safety net. And I, and I bring that up because... There are some very large syndicators out there uh, where their, their brand really built them up and people, frankly, threw money at them. They had to transact. They had to overpay to get their fees, right, to run their overhead, right? They had hundreds of employees and all of these things. Um, that's a business that has to transact. And if you're in an environment where you have to transact, you're going to deploy capital to marginal deals, in my opinion, just looking at history. and that that is going to be a very painful place to be for the next couple of years, right? They're not going to, they're not going to meet their pre uh, preferred returns. They're probably going to have to have capital calls. Then they're going to go back and ask for forbearance. And it's, it's going to be a ugly environment for those people. So being in a place where you manage a small shop, you, you deploy your own capital and you don't have to transact is the ultimate savior in my opinion. Is that fair? Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. I think on the flip side, you know, you, you have, like you said, there are people, um, passive investors that are still wanting to throw money at deals. Yeah. So you have, you do in this model, you do have a little bit of a disincentive in some cases. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you really need discipline. I just feel like right now is more important than ever. I totally agree. The other thing I wanted to talk about in your statement is you've brought it up a few times and I, in, I may have asked early on, but I haven't in a while. When you look at your long-term plan, right? These two transactions you have in front of you, are these 10-year holds, five years with an option for five more? What, what does long-term mean in your, your model? Yeah, yeah, five to 10 years. Okay. Five to 10 years. Now, listen, so, so there's a couple things here. This is an interesting wrinkle. Um, we are not in the business right now, we're not in the business of buying an asset and holding it for 20, 30, 40 years. That's okay. highly unlikely for us to do. 
because generally we're buying something that needs to, that has an opportunity to increase value. Mm -hmm. And so we have a business plan to go execute. We increase value. And then in order to capture the value, you either have to refinance it or you have to sell it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are generally the two ways that you can capture the value. So, um, and then you can recycle that cash into a new opportunity with similar characteristics, right? So that's generally what we are looking to do. Okay. Um, and, and there are, there's a spectrum, right? There, there's a spectrum of extreme value add to very light value add. And so we, we take different opportunities along different points of, of that spectrum. Um, we are, so we are looking to recycle cash and recycle deals as soon as it's practical. Um, we want to, we typically have longer term debt in place Mm -hmm. so that we're not forced to refinance out of a loan or sell a deal just because the debt terms dictate such. Right. Um, so we're a little bit more conservative in that sense, but generally we're trying to go, uh, just like you, you know, buy a property and improve it in some way so that it becomes, you know, more valuable. Mm. So that just doesn't for us lend itself to, uh, you know, to holding an asset for 20 or 30 years. But the concept of holding assets right. for 20 or 30 years or indefinitely, absolutely. We simply, instead of holding a, a single building, we trade in and out of things right. uh, in order to increase the velocity of our capital and, and also to, you know, what we think it, it, over time increases the, uh, the total return for our investors. Got it. Makes total sense. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask as we, as we head into this, you know, kind of, I'm hoping we're getting close to the maximum pain point as far as unemployment goes. We may have one more bad week next week, which I, I, I hope it's not 6.6, but it could be. Um, is, are, are your limited partners calling you? Are they nervous? Uh, are they, you know, maybe they're aggressive. Maybe they're like, shoot, I want to give you more money because the stock market's rigged. What are your limited partners, if at all, talking to you about? Because, you know, the last month has not been like the, la- the previous 60 months. So I'm, I'm guessing they're no. nervous. No. Yeah, there's, there's uncertainty. Um, and we actually have investors across that spectrum. Mm. Uh, we have some that, are, that, are, that want to go deploy cash today. Uh, we have some that, that have invested in, you know, every deal that we've ever done. And they're, you know, like, well you know, I, my stock holdings just took a pretty big hit and I'm a little nervous to put any, to, to do anything. Um, and so we have everyone kind of across the, across the board there. Um, we are part of our job is to kind of summarize what is happening in the market and when we see opportunity, make it available. And we need to understand our investors desires in order to do that. Um, so we're in the process of doing that. We're also in the process of talking to every single one of our investors personally about what we're doing with our current portfolio, where we feel like we have, uh, where we've mitigated risk already mm-hmm. and where we feel like we have uh, exposure just so that we can be, um, you know, transparent with everyone. That's part of what we do is we try to have you know, we have personal relationships with all of our investors. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's actually an opportunity to have a kind of a difficult conversation with everyone. And it's a great reminder that these are not risk less investments. Yeah. And 
even if you, even if you account for risk, there are some risks <laughs> like a global pandemic yeah. that you just do not have any control over. And it's very hard to forecast. Yeah. Um, so we're taking the opportunity to talk with everyone. Uh, we have, we have uh, app kind of across the board. And I do think uh, generally though, to answer your question generally, people are uh, clamming up, right? Yeah. People are clamming up a little bit more than they were, you know, eight or 12 weeks ago. Yeah, the other thing I want to sort of share or at least get your opinion on is this is my second real estate reversal, right? Negative reversal, right? I've seen the up, upside once. And the first reversal, which I wrote a lot about in my book, right in 08 to 10, it was very, very, very residential focused, right? Yeah. And because it was residential folk, it was very, you know, hey, my mom lost a house or my sister or it was very kind of, it was very personal, right? And there was millions of them. In today's environment, um, you know, not most people don't own multifamily. Most people don't own commercial, right? They don't own these things. And most people aren't, you know, limited partners, right? Most people aren't doing that. I just wonder, you know, in 18 months, right, when we're in the summer of 20, you know, 2021, I have to imagine there are less syndicators uh, than there were going into this. Um, I'm on record like three months before this talk that, you know, the reason I go to meetups is to figure out where everybody's at so I can go the other direction. And I think we've talked about it. Everybody was a freaking rookie syndicator, right? Everybody was saying, hey, I'll find a value add opportunity in the Midwest. God damn, why would, what are you talking about? Um, so I'm guessing you're going to have a lot less competition, uh, probably 50 to 75%. I mean, it, and maybe you, don't even, maybe you don't even think of them as competition, but I can tell you right now, there's going to be less of you in 12 months. Um, and some of them are going to blow up spectacularly. Yeah. Is that how you see I it? I think that's right. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think... Um, you know, for whatever reason, real estate does attract um, a certain a certain profile of person, and I think some some people saw or still see it as a maybe an opportunity to get rich quick. Yeah, which I don't. In not, my not experience, me. is not no, the case. Not at all with real estate. <laughs> you certainly can get rich, but it it takes time. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I do. I think you're right. I think you're right. There's, there's a bit of a, uh, there's a lot of speculation going on. Um, and that's part of the reason we de have de-emphasized multifamily is because most of the people that you talked about are in the multifamily space. Yeah, for sure. And um, so we, we, we have kind of de-emphasized our, our practice there, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's probably too early for me to speculate on the degree to which um, you know, the, there is, there are losses and people move out uh, of this business, but I think that'll happen. And I think it'll be healthy. You know, mm -hmm. I think it'll be healthy to some degree. Um, but, but yeah, I think you're right on. Yeah. And again, I, I would guess you're going to start to see that because you were, I mean, I'm guessing you were often bidding against other syndicators, right? Because given the asset sizes that we've talked about today, you're probably not competing with insurance funds or big hedge funds. It's probably other individual syndicators who have collected a series of limited partners. Is that a fair assumption or am I not right? Yeah, it is. Um, it depends. And multifamily, definitely. 
in commercial assets, syndication is just a little bit less common. Mm. So you have groups of, um, you know, maybe you have a, a like a doctor group of oh, okay. eight doctors who have invested together for 20 years and they look for, you know, four to $5 million deals. Okay. Um, so there's some of those depending on the asset class, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. And, um, I also, I also think that, um, you know, you are going to probably, you're going to probably see, um, people that have assets and they're well capitalized, just hold on, just hold on to their property. Um, forget about doing anything for a year or two and just see where things shake out. Um, and, and I think that's good too. Uh, I think that's healthy too, because it doesn't, um, as a buyer, what you want to maximize your, um, signal to noise ratio is you want the properties being listed to be listed by sellers that want to sell. Yeah. You don't want the properties yeah. to be listed by a bunch of people that are like, well, it, I'm going to list it at a price that is kind of crazy to me. And if someone buys it, then I'm happy to sell, but I'm not really planning on selling it because I don't think anyone's going to pay this price. And I think we've seen a lot of that kind of behavior mm -hmm. um, in the last couple of years that I think you'll probably see a little bit less of. Oh, I can guarantee you saw it the last couple of years. I was one of those sellers. I'm like, what, what do I think my, yeah. my apartment's worth? I think it's worth X. Well, I'm going to list it for X plus 15%. And if it sells, great. If it doesn't, great. Right. They sold. So, you know, thank goodness for being liquid. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So as we wrap this up, um, you know, what, any big plans for the weekend? I guess you guys have a decision on your, your one deal coming up. Um, you know, any big thoughts as you wrap this up and we, uh, we talk again in a week? We have decision coming up on, yeah, on the, the one property we have in contract that is, that is approaching our, our go hard date. Um, per, on the personal side, my wife is eight and a half months pregnant. Woo! So we, yeah. <laughs> so who knows? We might have an eventful weekend. Um, I will, I will let you know next week, but we're, she's, she's going to be having this baby any day. So we're excited and anxious with all the, all the coronavirus stuff going on. So it's an odd moment to be bringing a baby into the world, but we're yeah. excited nonetheless. Very cool, man. Well, thank you for giving me some time. I look forward to uh, talking to you next week and, uh, you know, stay healthy. All right, Michael. Thanks. You too. Appreciate it.